guys. Welcome to this episode of The Trainer Feed. We are your hosts. My name is Angel Sanchez. We have David Bravo. Hello. And we have Jack DeLagere. What's going on, everybody? Today's topic is resisted plyometrics. Look at David's face. Resisted David's favorite. Plyometrics. Resisted plyometrics. So um, obviously, we've spoken a little bit about plyos before. Um, I think in one episode, I was talking about how um, plyometrics would be good for like uh, elderly populations. And we kind of like broke that down. Um, but I've been researching resisted plyometrics for different people, different audiences or whatever, um, and trying to figure out if there's a benefit to it or if the benefit is kind of null and void. Like once you do a plyometric, you're good to go. So um, in kind of like the research that I was checking out, there's a couple of things that happens when you do plyometric exercise. Obviously, it's good for building power because it has like that uh, time component to it. Um, it's great for building muscle mass and maintaining muscle mass. Um, great for cardiovascular uh, capacity or building that. And then also good for bone density and um, body fat loss. Right. So there's a, a large percentage of people who do like a whole bunch of plyos just for fat loss and what have you. But, um, you know, that aside, there's a lot of other benefits that I've seen with a couple of different cases. So one thing that I've done with some of my clients is I've had them do some jumps and some hops. Obviously, you want to like from programming standpoint, you probably want to throw that in the front of your program as opposed to um, towards the end. And then also in regards to like placement, you want to be mindful of where you're throwing the resistance. So if you are including resistance, having either a vest or using um, ankle straps or ankle weights, um, having something connected to the lower limbs. I know that in some studies they have weighted belts and in some gyms they have like weighted belts that are attached to um, some sort of like cable. And then from there, you can just like hop on a platform um, and that will help with your athletic performance. So those are the best ways. Don't be a knucklehead. Don't hold the barbell on your back and start jumping around because that's probably going to do more harm than good. Um, but yes, do you guys incorporate plyometrics in your training programs? And if so, are they resisted? No. I don't have any plyometrics in my, myself. Why not? Well, the majority of people that I train are... Uh older and i and i personally don't think they're there yet and also they just don't want to do it like they're they like if they see somebody in the gym doing they're like they were not we're never doing that i'm like okay cool that or also I, they just okay. have like all messed up ankles and feet and they're just just i i don't want to put any impact on that there's um a lot of studies that show that older populations really benefit from plyometrics, including um, things like, not necessarily like jumps or skips or hops, but um, ball tosses, because it helps with the prevention of, you know, uh, bone density, the bone density degrada uh, degradation, um, and then also just with their hand-eye coordination. So I'll, a lot of the older people, they start to the risk for injury, the risk of falls goes up and then the risk of injuries for those falls go up. So um, doing some sort of 
even if it's an upper body plyometric may help them in their lifelong journey to continue to stay alive, to keep hanging on. Um, in that case, I guess I do do them. I do like ball slams with a couple of them. There you go. Tosses and I guess so. It's on a slippery slip to P90X. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, Using the TRX sometimes helps too. If that's the case, like sometimes using plyos on the TRX because the TRX can reduce the amount of resistance. So it's not necessarily their body weight, but it's less than their body weight that they're jumping around with. So that might be helpful for them. But again, like if you feel like the risk is too high, then obviously don't do it. It's your your call. But um, yeah, the ball tosses and ball slams, those are all good forms of plyos as well. I think as well, when you do... um someone hearing this for the first time when they hear plyo at least when the first thing that comes to my mind when you say plyo is box jumps and i'm sure it goes for a lot of people and as you define it there where the various forms of it are the ball slams the ball tosses the trx as you just mentioned was you know another way for you to work with less than your body weight as resistance or all really good forms i think ultimately um I haven't done much for it recently. I think I, I, I know that it's, um, as you said, the studies really support it. Contrary to what my people might believe, it's actually really, really useful, uh, as you said. But I think, um, I don't know why, but I, I've just, at least more recently on more of my, uh, with my clients that programs is working on isometrics. Sorry about the sirens. Um, it just, just because it's just how I've kind of been influenced, but I definitely think that any way you can improve their everyday day to life, day to day life, sorry, I think is applicable. Right. So if you mentioned, um, I think what's really important about doing an, uh, an assisted TRX movement is you're doing this because it's going to help you feel stronger when you get out of your chair, you know, because something as simple as that it doesn't seem as an exercise and people say oh i hate squats and you know that's the first thing we can re- really hit them back with hit them back with that's aggressive uh return the uh, flip back the conversation to the sense that yes we work on this because you do every day and the idea is to not be difficult for you you know first time when my grandparents were still alive and i remember seeing them getting out the chair and i remember and that just was a an eye-opener of it i mean everyone's life and genetics different, but that was an eye opener to seeing. Okay. So it hopefully isn't a case of, it's a difficult thing for you to just to stand up, get up. So, but I'm, I'm for it. If it's uh, transferable to everyday life, I'm definitely for it. I have, I don't really have that many elderly clients right now, though, if I'm honest, I've had some in the past. Um, but yeah. Yeah, there's some ways to break it down for elderly population too, because even though, you know, some people might look at it and they say, I don't want to do that. Sometimes they don't want to do what they see, but there's a lot more that can be categorized as what they're seeing, right? So anything that's involving the stretch shortening cycle or taking advantage of the stretch shortening cycle, um, where you have like a rapid stretching and contracting of a certain muscle group then you can classify that as a, with, with the performance, you know, and the time-based thing, cause it has to be um, pretty quick in succession. Um, you'll see 
that as a plyometric. So like even for example, wall pushups, which is something that I give to a lot of my elderly clients or people who have been injured um, specifically with shoulder injuries um, and getting them back to being able to have some strength there. I have them do like some wall pushups or some wall pushup plyos where they're, the risk is relatively low, assuming they have control of their body. Obviously, you want to start with the wall pushups first. And then, as you said, Jacques, maybe do some of those isometric movement patterns because that will help them um, build the stability that they need. And it'll also show you that they're ready for the next stage, which might be a plyo. Um, and then from there, going into the plyometrics where they're just trying to like, you know, push off and then just get back to it, push off and then get back to it. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. And then um, also in that same position where you're kind of doing that wall push up, like having your hands against the wall and just like bouncing one foot up, like keeping the other one planted and making sure that they can do that. And if they can, they can do it both on uh, the right and the left and trying to see if you can get some um, like a regression to a mountain climber and do something like that. So there are ways to kind of meet the client where they're at. You just don't see it too often because either people aren't creative or the gym has more mirrors than it has walls. Um, but it's, it's something that I've seen work really well for different populations and, um, I've read up on it a little bit. So I'm writing an article on it. Go to SanchezStrengthTraining.com for the article, check it out. Let's definitely give that article a shout out and then leading piggyback off your point. If you're, maybe this is in the article and not a spoiler alert for anyone listening, but what have been some of the more, you did give an example just now, but what have been some of the more successful patterns when it comes to plyometrics with you and your clients? You know, whether if it was, you gave some examples, but what has been some of the more successful examples? Um, I've really loved, at least now that I'm doing a lot of my training outdoors, I've really loved taking advantage of the space and doing bounds. Um, that's been really helpful. Um, in a gym setting, doing depth drops have really helped um with my clients getting used to just like absorbing forces because a lot of times they're not just like jumping to something or pushing something something's getting like pushed up against them and they have to like resist that or absorb that force um and they know they should know how to land properly um and these are just things for just everyday life not necessarily these are people trying to get back into playing sports although if that were the case then you can just have at it with that but bounds are great depth drops are great um like those plyo push-ups are okay-ish. I think that the wall style is a little bit better for most of my clients. A lot of them spend a lot of time on, on the computers. So their wrists aren't in the greatest shape. Um, so those haven't been the most successful exercise to do. Um, but like my younger clients love that stuff. They love like feeling powerful. They love feeling like they can like get hang time or air time. So they'll do some of that stuff. Um, yeah. And even jumping jacks are, you know, they're a plyometric exercise as well. So I incorporate, I sprinkle that a little bit there too, but again, always in the forefront, you can experiment a little bit more with those athletes, with those younger people. But, you know, I just try to prioritize that first, make sure the setting is good. So make sure there's no wet grass, right. We don't want no yeah, spillovers. Uh, and then make or sure pigeons. that or pigeons. Yeah. You got to look out for everything. Listen, I also look out for, um, the ground. Like I make sure to do the, do the work and like pace, like walk around the area make sure no it's glass. Flat. Yeah. yeah. No glass, no like, um, ditches, um, dog poop seems to find me. So 
Um, I'm sure that that that'll find my clients as well. But um, yeah, just making sure that this the area is safe, the area is good to go, and then throwing that in there. Yeah, I think that's important that you have to look at your. I think just in general, look at surroundings, gym or outside setting. Whether sure. it was glass on the grass, whether it was glass on the grass in the park, or even in the in the club, because you set up your client, excuse me, you set up your client to do, whether it's slams, whether it's the jumping jacks, um, or you're about to set them up, and as you set them up, someone sets up right next to you, and now your perimeter, a space is on that verge, or that was I had a very bad mindset when i start using kettlebells when someone close to me my mindset at the time was i mean if you walk into me it's on you i'm the one swinging the bell you see i'm in a square of space and we all know that club was that spot was relatively tight for space so that was always a challenge but um always just check your surroundings i think it's i think we can all fair it's fair to say that we all taught to be smarter about how to train in smaller spaces when limited and that probably even anything helped us with being able to acclimatize the training outdoors but i think you made some really valid points and i think what was most effective of what you just said was though those exercises you gave examples are 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 actually plyometrics we just don't or at least i don't or some don't always associate with those being plyometrics so then they get over overlooked as being plyometrics right that's sometimes a, a misconception but i think you made a really good point about that yeah. There's, um, uh, if you give like the, the middle age group, cause I kind of like shed some light on the elderly population and then the younger population, but that middle group also loves that stuff too. You'd be surprised. And they'll start telling you about how they used to play soccer or something like that back in when they were 20. And then that made them feel like they were able to do it. Um, uh, it was just one example. I was doing like a tennis drill where I had my client, this was more agility based, but you can assume that there are some plyometrics involved. It was just like a, it was like a one, two, three drill where like, I have them go from like, I name the different cones and then I throw the ball to different spots and they're like kind of in the center and they have to like catch the ball in that spot and then toss it back. And I was pretty impressed. I was like, some of my clients, they have like really good hand eye coordination. You wouldn't be able to tell. They're really engaged with the drills. And then also uh, they got some arms, like they could throw. And I was like, holy smokes, like, these guys was like, oh yeah, I used to play baseball back in whatever, whatever. Um, and then afterwards they were just so happy and seeing the happiness uh, come back um, in the form of a training session was really cool for me because, you know, obviously sometimes it's just the majority of the time, it's not like you see these huge leaps and bounds in progress. Oftentimes it's like those little things where the client just doesn't get injured anymore. They don't have pain here anymore. They, you know, have success with something else in life. But once you see like some of these other things where you're bringing life into your sessions by adding some plyos and adding some sports specific drills um, that are catered to either their background or just something that's fun, they really like that stuff. So those are some of the things that I've incorporated. Just wanted to share. I wanted to take some time to share picking back again off that i think i can relate in the sense that if you mention when they're in their 20s or whenever they're playing these sports and you're getting them to move in a way that they can rediscover that that buzz or that adrenaline rush they used to get from playing sports i totally and also because you could argue oh why don't you just play the sport when you have a full-time job or kids or no kids even 
it's hard to find the time to, to do that or the times that go on or late at night, you start wally up, wally up, walk early. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so that, and it's interesting because I had a client as well where their, their infinite potential was to feel like an athlete again. Like that is the, the drive that is to just not just be strong, feel strong and feel healthy with it. I think that there's definitely something to be said where if you get the move, the thing you mentioned about the reaction as well, there's a really cool thing I played with like about a year ago, fit light training, fit light 3D, when you have the lights. And if it is, you know, only your left hand touches the lights when it's green or only your right hand touches when it's red or whatever, you know, and then it's so, it's so humbling and intriguing at the same time, because we, we don't, intellectually have the the movements the movement side of our skills tested in such case that often compared to how you know this technology is presented it was really what's up play Warzone. yeah i haven't played that in a minute but i just thought it was really interesting when you spoke about that it's I, I found it really intriguing and there's so many ways you can add it's not just oh touch the light it could be hands are behind your head uh behind your head or behind your back and you could oh you have to the ones I did with um, the neuroscientist was you have to throw the ball, catch it. As you're throwing the ball, you have to catch, you have to touch like the other hand or whatever. And you're just like, whoa, like it screws with your head. And that's more mentally fatiguing than anything. It's not physically going to put you in a present mentally it does. Uh, those are, what's up? That how you were? In a mental pretzel. Yes. No, it's good though. I think that it, it spices up the program and it keeps you engaged. And it also works on something that you probably might not have time to do otherwise. And sometimes we forget that this is that opportunity when we're sitting there in front of the person, they're not gonna have all the time in the world to do whatever it is. So making it fun, keeping them engaged. And it also helps you too. Like I have way more fun throwing a ball at my client, watching them try to catch it and then have them beam it at my head than counting reps for them doing glute bridges, all right? right? Yeah, those are just two different scenarios where it's like if I had to choose one or the other, I definitely choose throwing the ball as hard as I can at them. No, I'm just kidding. And then them throw the ball back at me as hard as they can, which they do. <laughs> so I'm not kidding on that front. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but cool. Yeah, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it simple. We'll keep it sweet. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Remember, SanchezStrengthTraining.com. Check out that article. We will catch you in the next one. Peace. See you guys. Bye. Peace.